going to continue where we left off last week. Uh, so if you would, if you'd like to read the scripture with me again, we're going to read Matthew chapter six and verse nine. Matthew chapter six and beginning with verse nine. And the scripture says, now after this manner, therefore pray ye. Christ is the one that's talking. And he teaches them to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we're going to stop right there this morning. And I would ask that you just bow your heads one more time and let's just ask the Lord for his help in ministering the word and ask him to open our hearts to receive his word. Father, this morning we are so very, very thankful for the opportunity that we have to be in the house of God. And we are so thankful for your word. We thank you that we can gather in your name and have the promise that when we do gather in your name, you are in our midst. I just simply ask this morning, Lord, that you would enable me to share what you have placed upon my heart. Use me as an instrument to speak what you would have us to hear. I ask, Heavenly Father, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would empower what is said and would open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God would speak to the church. Open our hearts, open our minds, uh, break up the soil within our heart and allow the seed of the Word of God to be deeply planted in our lives. And Father, we will thank you and praise you for it. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone in agreement said amen. So we're going to take up where we left off last week. And the main title or the main subject under the sermon series is Teach Us to Pray. This morning I want to speak um, part two, if you will, of what the Lord has placed upon my heart. And I'm going to title this message... Prayer is about reverence. Prayer is about reverence. And um, you will recall that last Sunday, the scriptures that we read together are the same text. And you will recall in the book of Luke, the Bible says that Jesus had just ceased praying. And one of his disciples comes to him and says, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus, as a result of their request, begins to convey unto them a pattern of how they should approach what we know to be both a privilege and a responsibility to pray. And so Jesus begins to teach them in response to their request. And he says that these words, he, he teaches them the prayer that that we have read this morning, that is our text, and what has become famously known as the Lord's Prayer. It is not necessarily a prayer that was intended to be memorized or quoted verbatim for every situation. 
It is not a prayer that was intended to be recited or rehearsed for every need in our life, but I believe that it was rather intended to show us a framework or a pattern of how we are to approach our God. In other words, there are some fundamental truths that we can learn about this prayer that will strengthen our own prayer life when we go to him in prayer. Last week, we took the first six words, our Father, which art in heaven. And let me just tell you that from those six words, we learned that successful prayer begins with right relationship. So the four points that I made last week, they were our Father, which art in heaven. They speak to us about relationship with our God. And I will just remind you that very quickly, I will just remind you that he begat us of his own will. It was his idea to bring us into his family. He adopted us of his own free will and made us his children. Which art in heaven or which art, it, it speaks to us about the reality of God. Prayer is not just some sort of verbal spiritual exercise, but when we pray, when we come to our Father and we, 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 we utter utterance from our heart unto the Lord, amen, we can have an assurance that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. They speak to us about a realization of where he is. He is in heaven. His ways are much higher than my ways. His thoughts are much higher than your thoughts. Hello? Sometimes we pray how we think that God ought to handle the situation and God wants to handle it some other way. You know why? Because we are here on earth and he is in heaven. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When we truly grasp the fact that God is our Father, I believe that it will not only transform our relationship, but it will have a profound effect upon the way that we approach God in prayer. When we truly grasp the fact that God is our Father, it will revolutionize or, or revolutionize the way that we approach Him and the way that we pray. So understand this morning that success starts with right relationship and success starts with the understanding of who God is and who we are in him. He is our father and we are his children. And this morning, I want to connect that last phrase of the ninth verse with the rest of the scripture. He says in that ninth verse, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven. And then he says these words, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The final phrase of that ninth verse reveals to us that because he is our father and because he is a reality and because he resides upon the throne of heaven, that he is hallowed and he is holy and he deserves our utmost reverence. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Understand that Jesus is stressing the principle to all of us that our God is a holy or hallowed God. 
And therefore, it is altogether fitting that we dwell in a relationship where we are called to walk and we are called to worship with reverence before the Lord. The word hallowed means to render, to acknowledge, to be respected or esteemed, to be separate or profane or from profane, to be dedicated unto the Lord, to be sanctified. If you will think for just a moment, and we have multiple, multiple examples of the meaning of the word hallowed throughout the word of God. For instance, the vessels of worship which were both used in the tabernacle in the wilderness and in the temple in Jerusalem, those vessels and those, 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 uh, the furniture of the tabernacle in the wilderness and in the temple, all of those were considered to be hallowed. All of them were considered to be holy. Amen. The laver, the table of showbread, the candlestick, the brazen altar, the things, uh, amen, in the holy of holies, the, amen, the, 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 the ark of the covenant and the, the cherubims with their wings over the ark. All of those things were considered to be hallowed and holy unto the Lord. The priests whom God had chosen to serve in the temple, they were considered to be hallowed. The firstborn male of every family was considered to be hallowed. Many of the Jewish things in life were set apart and thus considered to be hallowed and separated for his use. However, the things, uh, amen, uh, the things that I'm talking about this morning, they are just people, places, and things that were dedicated to the service of the Lord. But Jesus here in our text is not referring to people, places, or things. He is referring to God, our Father himself. He is hallowed. He is holy. He is divine and he is sacred. He is to be revered and esteemed. He is exquisite and excellent. He is flawless and impeccable. He meant the Bible said there is none like unto our God. Amen. There is none like unto him. He is hallowed. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus is telling us that his name is to be revered and acknowledged. His name is to be respected and cherished. His name to be is to be exalted and elevated above everything in our life. He's telling us that God's nature is that of a father. But his name and his character is holy. Now let that sink in for a moment. Yes, he is our father. His nature is as a father. But his name, his character is to be reverenced because he is holy. Saints of God, when we purpose and when we approach God in prayer, we need to remember that he is not the big guy in the sky. Hello? He is not the man upstairs. He is not the big kahuna. He's not the big eye in the sky. No, 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 no. He is God Almighty. He is holy. 
He is sovereign and supreme over all of his creation. Amen. His disapproval should make us tremble and repent. His approval should cause us to rejoice and to shout with great joy. His presence should cause us to humble our hearts before him because he is the almighty God. When Isaiah got a glimpse of our God in Isaiah chapter 6, let me just go back for a minute, a moment. In Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah, great prophet of God, and he's passing judgment upon all of the unwicked or the wicked folks that were living in Jerusalem at the time. And he says, Woe unto you for your drunkenness. Woe unto you that call evil good and good evil. Woe unto you who rise early in the morning to set your path on a, or your feet on a path of wickedness. Woe unto you. Woe unto you. Woe unto you who have forsaken God. Woe unto you. But he gets to verse, uh, amen, number one in, in chapter six. And he says, in the king or in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and above it stood the seraphims uh, that had six wings. Uh, with two, he covered his face uh, and with two, he covered his feet uh, and with two, he did fly uh, and one cried to another holy 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 is the Lord God almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory and then Isaiah said and the doorposts of the temple moved at the voice of him that spoke and the place was filled with smoke and Isaiah said not woe unto you but woe is me for I am the one that's undone Amen. What I'm saying this morning is if you get a glimpse of his glory, it might astound you that he is hallowed. He is holy. There is none like unto our God. We need to remember that even though God is our loving father, that he is holy and he is high and he is lifted up. And when we come to him, yes, we can come to him as his children. But we need to come to him in reverence. There wasn't anything that I couldn't go and talk to my dad about. But I didn't just walk up on him with just any old thing. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't just come up on him any old way. He was to be respected. He was to be revered. That is a picture of our God. We need to respect the fact that he is holy. The Bible tells us that he is separate from sin and separate from sinners. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 22, it says that Jesus was the guarantee, the guarantee of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in their office. They couldn't be a priest forever because they wouldn't live that long. The former priests were many because they were prevented by death to continue in office, but he, Jesus, 
He holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, the scripture goes on to say, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting, listen to this, for it was indeed fitting that we should have a high priest who was holy, innocent, unstained, and separated from sinners and exalted far above the heavens. Amen. I'm telling you this morning that he is he is holy. He is to be revered and respected. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says that day and night, the cherubim and the seraphim that are around him cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. He is holy and set apart. He is altogether worthy of our love, our devotion, and our worship. He is holy and separate. He is holy and set apart. He alone deserves glory and power and honor. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 11, Thou, O Lord, art worthy to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things. Amen. And for your pleasure and by your hand were they created. Revelation 5 and 12 said, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing forevermore. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The message, those four little words, hallowed be thy name, they are telling us, Jesus is teaching us that we are to be reverent before God. Because he is my father, I can rest in his presence. Because he is my father, I can pray in confidence knowing that he will hear and that he will answer our prayers, but because he is holy, I am instructed and you are instructed to come into his presence with an attitude of reverence and respect and, re and appreciation for all that he has done for us. This morning, I want to take those few words and I want to speak on, I want us to contemplate, I want to speak on the thought. Prayer is about reverence. The first thing that the words, hallowed be thy name, help us to understand is about the character of God. Hallowed be thy name. The first thing that they, they say to us is it's talking about his character, who he is. The phrase hallowed by thy name tells us something about his character. In fact, all throughout the word of God, all throughout God's word, God has revealed his character through his names. How many of you know he has many different names in the scripture? But we need to understand that the name is simply describing the character of the one true God. Amen. There are not many gods. It's just one God, but he has many characteristics. I gave you some examples last week, but this morning I want to take just a little more time and kind of dive into that. Throughout the Old Testament, he is called by many different names to reveal his character unto us. He is called Jehovah, 
This is the name that he was called or that he revealed himself to Moses by. This is the name that he spoke to Moses. And literally it is, it means I am that I am Jehovah. When Abraham needed a sacrifice on the top of Mount Moriah, you remember the story when God speaks to Abraham and tells him to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham went all the way to the top of Mount Moriah, bound Isaac to the altar and was ready to kill him. And God said, Abraham, Abraham, stay your hand. And then God said to him, because I know that you believe and I know that you trust me and I know that I can count on you, then I will provide the sacrifice. And God revealed himself that day as Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. When the children of Israel went out to battle their enemies in the midst of the battles, uh, amen, God revealed himself as Jehovah Nisa, and that means the Lord our banner or the Lord our victory. If you will read in the Old Testament, there were many times when they went out to battle and the enemy was winning, and yet God turned it around and gave his people the victory. There was even one time when Joshua was fighting, amen, against the inhabitants of, the, of Canaan and, and the, the sun started going down and Joshua turned around and said, sun, stand still. And the Bible said that the sun stayed right there in the sky until they had finished the battle and they had won the victory. Who do you suppose, who do you suppose did that? Jehovah Nisa. The Lord, our victory. When you are in the midst of a battle, I tell you this morning, remember the name of our God. He is the Lord, our banner. He is the Lord, our victory. Over the years, God has revealed himself and said that he was Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Jehovah Tassitkanu, which means the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Amen. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. Amen. The Bible calls him the Lord most high. The scripture says that he is the Lord, our sanctifier. The Bible said that he's called El Shaddai, which means uh, the all-sufficient one. Uh, he is called Adonai. Uh, he is called by many names. Uh, but I tell you this morning that the greatest name that anyone has ever known him by was Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ, uh, the Son of the living God. Because it was that God who was with God in the beginning and became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. It was that God who wrapped himself in a robe of flesh and stepped down into 42 generations and came in a cradle in Bethlehem and became the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. His names reveal who he is and what he has done for his people. And when we enter into his presence in prayer, when we enter into his presence with prayer, 
Yes, we can come as children because he is our father. Yes, amen. He is, he is, or which are, he is, he is in heaven. He is a reality. But let me just tell you this morning, when we come, we need to come with an humble reverence in our heart acknowledging who he is and what he has done for us. Hallelujah. We are to take time to worship and honor and praise him for who he is. Amen. Let me just tell you, I make it a habit to enter into prayer with thanksgiving. I don't come before him going, Lord, I need, Lord, I need you to do this, and Lord, I need you to do that. No, no, no. I come before him saying, Lord, I am so grateful for the things that you have already done. I am so thankful for the things that you've already blessed me with in my life. I am so blessed because I am your son. I am so blessed because I am called by your name. I am so blessed because of all of the things that you have amen, placed in my life and given to me. I am so wonderfully, gratefully blessed and I come before you with a heart of thanksgiving and praise letting you know how great that I am. We are to lift up our heart, our soul, and our voice to the one who is God. Lift up our heart, our soul, and our voice to the one who loves us, saved us, keeps us, and cares for us day by day. The words, hallowed be thy name, they speak of his holy character and his holy nature. Second, the second thing that the words hallowed be thy name help us to understand is that when we go to prayer, we are called to a decision. Let that sink in for just a moment. We are called, when we go to him in prayer, we are called to a point of decision. Pastor Gary, what do you mean? We need to understand that when we come before him, and when we come before the Lord in prayer, we are faced with a decision. We can either focus our prayers upon our own selves, our own needs, or we can focus our thoughts and our, amen, our, our, our heart toward him. Hallowed be thy name challenges us to make our prayers about him and not about ourselves. What I'm saying is that when we pray, hallowed be thy name, it expresses a desire on our part to bow before the Lord in humble submission and reverence. And that's the attitude that Jesus is trying to teach us. It expresses a desire to praise and worship before the Lord. It demonstrates a desire on our part to worship and honor and surrender ourselves unto him. It expresses a desire to honor him by our words and by our action. To hallow his name means uh, that we give him the first fruits uh, and the first place in our life. Uh, amen. To, amen. To hallow his name, it means that he owns our affections uh, and he, he owns our life. The Bible said that we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. To hallow his name means that we come before him with all of our heart, with all of our our soul and with all of our mind focused upon him and not upon ourselves to hallow his name means that we come before him with humble adoration and with complete submission to his will hmm. 
Every time we go to him in prayer, we are faced with a decision. Am I going to pray, not my will, but thy will be done? Am I going to ask you to lead me? Or am I going to be the navigator of my own life? You hear what I'm saying this morning? Hallowed be thy name. It expresses a desire for us or within us to reverence him. I submit that we could learn a great deal about being reverent before the Lord by looking at some of the Jewish practices, some of the Jewish historical practices that the Jews would, would, would perform or that they would do. And I'm not saying that we should do those things. I'm just saying that we should follow their example of honoring God. So let me just give you some historical information. History reveals that uh, the Jews, they wanted to so reverence the name of God that they would, they would literally not speak his name out loud. In fact, they were so cautious about saying the name of God that they literally took two of his names, put it together, and they created a word called Yahweh. Why? Because they feared that they might take his name in vain. They were so fearful that they would blaspheme his name. Scribes who were engaged in the practice of copying the word of God and writing on the scrolls were so respectful of his holiness, of his hallowedness, that they would wash their body and change their pen before they wrote his name on the scroll. And then after they had written his name, they would destroy the quill so that there would be no risk of that quill being profaned by writing any other word but his name. I'm not saying that we should follow their example Amen. Are there tactics? What I am saying is we need to have a healthy respect for our Lord. We need to have a healthy respect for our God. What I'm saying is that when we come before him, we come before him, but we need to remember who it is that we are addressing. Years ago, there was some, I don't even, I don't even remember her name, but I will just say there was some quack that would go down to the ocean and raise her fist and shout, I am God. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are not God. He is God. We in our own selves can do nothing. The picture that we are to get, the picture that we are together is that he is hallowed, his name hallowed, his name is holy, and we must make a personal decision every time that we come to him to reverence his name. When we come in prayer, we come into his presence with a spirit of reverence and a spirit of respect. We come with a, a spirit of honor and worship. We come and lift up his name, desiring to have his will accomplished in our life.
The words, hallowed be thy name, help us to understand that when we are go to him or we are called into prayer, we have a decision. We can come boldly before the throne because he is our father, but we come humbly and respectfully and in humble adoration because he is almighty God and he is absolute holy. Amen. The third thing that I want to point out to you this morning the words, hallowed be thy name, help us to understand that when we go to him in prayer, we are called to a place of devotion. Hallowed be thy name expresses a desire on the part of the one who is praying to worship God for who he is and for what he has done. It speaks of a heart that has been filled with devotion toward God. It speaks of a petition for a divine help in living out his holiness in our lives day by day. I would submit to you this morning that there is no greater disservice done unto the name of the Lord than to have those who claim to be children of God turn around and live their lives in such a manner that it suggests otherwise. You understand what I'm saying? We claim to be one thing and then the world looks on and judges the fruit of our life and we are yet something else. I believe with all of my heart that is the true definition of taking the Lord's name in vain. You claim to be one thing and the fruit of your life suggests another. Amen. Our greatest desire this morning should be to live a life of such devotion of such devotion before the world that they see Christ revealed in us. If we truly believe that he is hallowed and that he is holy, then we should strive to live, amen, every day. We should strive to live as an example of his holiness. Our testimony should shine the light of his holiness. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 8. 18, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. The path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more and more unto a perfect day. Isaiah 60 and 1. The Bible said, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11 through verse number 12 says, Knowing that the time, it is high time for us to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore Therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Amen. Ephesians 5 and 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, a children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And listen to this, among whom you shine as lights in this world. He's asking us to be the light. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. 
speaks to us about his holiness and desiring to have that holiness in our own lives, manifest in our own life, and, and that our testimony would be such a light that others see him in us. Beloved, we should be so devoted to God that, amen, we reflect the light of his glory. Jesus said these words in John chapter 12 and verse 32. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And I realized that he was talking about the cross. If he was be lifted up on the cross, he would draw all men unto him. But I, I believe that we need to understand that we can lift him up to others by way of our testimony and the fruit of our lives. And when we go to prayer, let me just suggest to you that everything that I do, every place that I go, amen, every activity that I choose, every habit that I form, the music I choose, the, 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 the movies that I watch, uh, the friends that I choose, whether it be, amen, amen, whether it be uh, as someone in the world or someone in the church, uh, amen, whatever it may be, whether it's in my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit, everything needs to line up with his holiness i am to live a life of devotion when i can't do that i can't pray as i should when i can't do that my witness is hindered when i can't amen when i can't pray as i should amen i must make some changes in my life it calls me amen to a place of devotion it calls me to a place of change when I compare his righteousness and his holiness to the righteousness of my flesh, it makes me cry out, oh, have mercy upon me, oh Lord. I submit that we need to do more than just respect the fact that he is holy. The truth is, if God is our father, amen, then we need to be more like he is. A child carries the DNA of their parents, then we too need to carry the spiritual DNA of our Father that others may see his life and his holiness in our lives. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 14, because you are children who obey God, don't live the kind of lives that you once lived. You were once you once lived, you were once living to satisfy your desires because you did not know any better. But because the God who has called you is holy, you must be holy in every aspect of your life. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 and 15. I didn't write it, he did. Peter is telling us that God our Father is holy and that God expects each one of us to live a life of holiness. He expects us to live a life of holiness reflecting the light of his life. If we desire to be more successful in prayer, then our prayers should always be Christ-centered or God-centered. As we pray, we should remember that we are approaching a holy God who is also our Father. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
These words speak about the character of God. They call us to make a decision. They call us every day to make a decision to live as he lives and, and to walk as he would have us to walk. They call us to a place of devotion. If we desire to have answers to our prayers and we desire to be more successful when we approach the throne of God, then instead of making it about us, make it about him. Amen. Make it about him. He knows what we have need of. Yes, we can tell him our needs, but amen, don't just come before him in a flippant kind of way. Come before him with reverence, amen, and with humble adoration, knowing who he is and what he has done for you in your life. That little phrase, hallowed be thy name, is a call for us to reverence the Lord. Honor him for who he is. Respect him and worship him when we pray. And living out his perfect will in our lives, it calls us to that place of devotion. And, and I, just, I just felt the Holy Spirit asking the question in my heart as I prepared the notes, how are we doing with our devotion? How are we doing in our decision making? How are we doing? Amen. When, uh, when we come to him, are we recognizing who he is and what he has done for us? Sometimes we approach God in prayer in such a, such a flippant common way. And prayer is such a, an uncommon privilege. Not everyone is afforded the opportunity to come to him. In prayer. You say, preacher, that don't make sense. He invites all of us. Well, the scripture, this is what it says. If I, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Amen. If, if my father, my spiritual father is the enemy, the devil, he will not hear my prayer. The only ones that are invited to come before his throne are his children Yes, he hears the prayer of repentance. And yes, he calls people to repentance. But let me just share with you this morning that the saints of God who are called by his name are honored to be able to come before him in prayer. Hallowed be thy name. How are we doing at hallowing his name and reverencing his name? Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, this morning we are so grateful for your word. We are so thankful for the things that you have revealed to us in this short little prayer. It is so powerful and impactful. Help us to recognize that you are our Father, that you are in heaven, you are a reality that you are high and you are lifted up. Help us to understand that you are holy and you demand respect and honor. Help us to approach our prayer life with a humble heart. Help us to approach our time spent with you in prayer in reverence, in humble submission 
knowing that you are God and that we are not. We are not the creator. We are the created. You are the, you are the potter. We are the clay. Help us to recognize that you are the one that molds us and makes us. Help us when we come to you, Lord, to be cognizant of the hallowedness, the holiness of our God. And separate us from this world with divine purpose. Separate us from this world and set us apart and make us useful for your kingdom. Help us to pray the mind and the will of God and not the will of our own selves. Hallowed be thy name. Touch our hearts this morning, Lord, with the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you have been approaching your prayer life in a casual kind of way, I just came to remind you this morning that yes, he's father, but he is also holy. He is to be approached with reverence. He is to be approached in awe and wonder. Don't come up on him just any old way. Approach him with thanksgiving. Approach him with humble heart. Approach him with a submitted will. Approach him with worship and praise. Come into his presence with singing and rejoicing. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Come into his presence recognizing what he's already done in your life. Honor him for who he is. Uh, And I can assure you, your prayers, the success of your prayers will increase. Stand to your feet this morning. We're going to continue next week. Stand to your feet this morning. Lift your hands up to him. As you lift your hands up to him this morning, the things that I have preached, make them the attitude of your heart. Lord, I recognize who you are. I realize that you are holy and that you are God Almighty. Lord, here I am. My life is in the palm of your hand. You you lead, you direct, you guide. 
I know that all things work together for good that love the Lord who are the called according to his I know that you're working everything out for my good I am your child but I come to you as your child and I come to you in reverence and in adoration I come to you respectfully and in awe that you would even be mindful of me Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just worship his name as they come to sing and come to praise him in song. Come on.